You're listening to the Multifamily Market Watch for Washington State. Apartment owners who need to know, trust HFO. The leading source for multifamily industry news around the state, from Puget Sound to the Tri-Cities. I'm Greg Frick, partner and founder of HFO Investment Real Estate. We're here today to talk with Quinn Posner. He's the founder and lawyer at Northwest Landlord Solutions. They are a landlord-tenant law firm in Clark County, specializing in landlord-tenant law in the state of Washington, but specifically Clark County. So, Quinn, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me here. So I know there's been a lot of, since kind of COVID and we're coming out of it, there's been a lot, you know, landlord-tenant law has been on kind of everybody's radar who's in the industry, but it'd be great to kind of get your take on some of the things we're seeing legislative-wise moving into 2023, specifically in Clark County and Washington. And, you know, we kind of talked a little bit off camera about some of the things you hear in the state of Washington may not actually apply to, you know, Clark County, but we'll kind of get in that some detail. But maybe give the audience who don't know you a little background on, you sure. know, how you got to this place and maybe a little quick uh, plug for Northwest Landlord Solutions. Sure. No, I appreciate that. So, uh, as mentioned, my name is Quinn Posner, uh, the attorney and the founder of Northwest Landlord Solutions. Uh, we only represent landlords. Okay. Uh, I've been an attorney in Clark County since 2001. Uh, Started as a prosecutor, cut my teeth uh, with a lot of trial work, moved into the civil side. Uh, then in 2013, I stepped into landlord-tenant law. Gotcha. So I've been building my landlord-tenant practice for the last 10 plus years, uh, and have also been the legal advisor for the Clark County Rental Association right. uh, for that period of time, and I right. continue to be so. Um, you had mentioned uh, changes that have been occurring, obviously, in landlord-tenant law in the state of Washington, which is codified under RCW 5918. So right. that is a Residential Landlord-Tenant Act, which is different than 5920, which is what we deal with with mobile homes, your manufactured home Right, so there's a separation there. Absolutely. And right. 5918 is where we've seen the lion's share of all of these changes. So I think that's what we need to focus on okay. today. Um, by way of a little bit of background, what's been going on with the legislature process. Prior to COVID, uh, landlord-tenant law in 5918 was relatively stable yes. uh, for, for decades uh, in the state of Washington. Uh, however, once COVID came along, that changed. Uh, and there was supposed to be a, a soft landing coming out of COVID because, as you may recall, we dealt with a lot of uh, not only federal moratoriums for a period of time, which have been struck down, but we were also dealing with state moratoriums and whatnot. Uh, just to give you a little idea, 2021 is where we saw huge changes, and I'm sure that's been covered, and I know I've discussed that right, on some podcasts right. and whatnot. Right. Huge changes came out of the 2021 session. Uh, one of the main uh, proponents of these changes has been Senator Patty Cooterer uh, out of Bellevue. Uh, she's been one of the chief sponsors of a lot of these bills, uh, and she, I believe she's the head of the Housing Committee uh, for, for the, the state Senate. Of Correct. It's in the Senate for the state of Washington. Got Correct. It. Okay. Uh, so we had all, a lot of those changes. Changes in 2021. Uh, then we had a lot of changes. Well, I don't want to say a lot of changes, but we've had some changes in the 2023 uh, legislative session as well. However, uh, we have such a fantastic lobby, uh, such fantastic lobbyists that work for the industry. Uh, they were able to curtail a lot of the changes that were desired. So we saw a bunch of proposals coming out, and we were sending out notifications to people that owned in the state of Absolutely. Washington, Clark County, and it was. Like, holy smokes, of these, and I, you know, we've seen this in a lot of states as we've got new legislatures, people in, you know, offices in Salem and Olympia and probably Sacramento yep. as well. Uh, there's a lot of bills that get thrown out. That doesn't necessarily mean it's it's law. So you've got to kind of track those as what actually comes, was there amendments put in place. So that's Absolutely. good to hear that we were able to, you know, maybe... 
move the pendulum a little bit over to the, you know, more center, I would say. Exactly. Yeah. And, mo and most of the bills that were introduced in this last session were killed. Okay. Uh, and one of the big ones was rent control. They tried rent control yet again in the state of Washington. Right. They do it every year. That died again uh, okay. this year. So that's, a, you know, that's a huge victory. And what do you guys sense? Of the, is the support getting, I mean, they keep trying it. Do you, is it... You know, is there more getting more support in that? You think, you know, Phil, with people, or is it still kind of where it is, where it's been? I mean, because as you know, Oregon's got statewide rent control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in, in Washington, I think the last couple of years, it's been relatively stable on okay. who's on what side of the ledger. Okay. Uh, obviously, we have a, we're, we're pretty controlled uh, by the Democrats in the state of Washington, right. much like the state of Oregon. Uh, but uh, uh, fortunately, uh, you know, a lot of what the more progressive bills wanted, uh, they weren't able to go forward Yeah, with. so those are the ones you guys, yes. okay, got it, okay. Yep, yep. Uh, so it, we, one of the things we've seen uh, that, that I know we wanted to discuss would have been Senate Bill uh, 5197, right. and that change, made some changes in the eviction process, um, but not, not a whole heck of a lot in the way of changes, okay? And I'm actually going to, um, let, let's get into this. So currently, the way things work in the state of Washington, uh, and this is coming out of the 2021 session. Yeah. Prior to 2021, you had to serve a 14-day notice to pay or vacate right. if there was a non-payment case. That was it, okay? Uh, as probably most of your viewers know who have properties in the state of Washington, that has changed such that we have the 14-day notice to pay or vacate, and that's specific. The, the language has to be what's in the statute. Right. We also have the offer of reasonable repayment plan. We also had the eviction resolution pilot program notice. So there was three separate and notices. that was statewide, right? That was statewide, right, okay. and there was three different notices. However, things were being handled differently county to county uh, because the counties were coming up with their own standing orders the way this stuff uh, had to be handled. Got it. Okay? okay. So how Snohomish County may have handled them at the court levels is different than how Clark County was handling it. And I know those two counties were doing things a little bit different. For instance, in Clark County, we were serving all three of those notices at the exact same time. And what those notices basically said was you've got you can either pay or vacate within 14 days or you can accept the offer of reasonable repayment plan, and there was certain criteria that was required right. within that repayment plan, or you can gauge in the eviction resolution pilot program. Well, you were delivering those all at once. We would deliver them yeah. all at once, where they weren't doing that in places like Snohomish County, where I believe they were requiring the offer of reasonable repayment plan first, then once that 14 days ran on that, then you could serve the other notices, which was just dragging things out. Uh, however, there was nothing in the statute that requires you to do all of those at once, our court agreed with us and allows us to serve all three at the same time. Okay. So that is how everything's been processing. Uh, effectively, since November 1st of 2021, which is when Clark County effectively came out of the moratorium. Governor Inslee did have his bridge extension, right. uh, but in order to take advantage of what he was allowing during that bridge extension, you had to have an operational rental assistance program in your county. Right. We actually had a great one with Council for the Homeless. They were doing a fantastic job, probably the best job in the state of getting rental assistance funds out, but they didn't meet the Attorney General's definition of operational because really? their portal wasn't open 24-7, is my understanding, to accept applications. They would accept that the amount of applications that they could handle, go through the shutdown, go through those, and then once they were open helped all those, up. then they would open back up. So it wasn't until November of 2021 that we got going in Clark County, whereas some other counties were moving in July of 2021. Wow. Okay. Um, so anyhow, since July of 2021, we've been operating with those notices. 
One important thing that came out of all this as well, do you remember back at the end of March, uh, I believe it was the end of March of 2020, yeah, 2020 when, the, uh, when Congress, Federal Congress, came out with the CARES Act, right. all right? And that had the initial 120-day moratorium. There's also some language under that that discusses a 30-day notice, or not a 30-day notice, but you have to provide a tenant 30 days of notice uh, before they can be removed from the property. So we all, that's basically all it says. And by the way, the heading of this section talks about temporary moratorium on evictions. All right. I remember that. Um, And so what has happened in the state of Washington is land, during the pandemic, uh, I actually put a listserv together with some of the top landlord attorneys uh, in the state. And we were discussing all of this. And we came out with a form of notice to satisfy the CARES Act. To satisfy the Federal CARES Act. Absolutely. Okay. Well, there was a case last fall. Uh, coming out, uh, there was Sherwood Auburn LLC versus Paisan. Okay, this was up in the, I believe, you know, Seattle or Puget Sound area, okay. uh, where the trial court ruled. Uh, well, the tenant argued that you can't just give me uh, some sort of notice saying I don't have to be out for thirty days, because really, in the state of Washington, the only one who can force someone out is the judge, and right. we know the whole process takes more than thirty days. Oh yeah, we know that. The tenant argued, I'm entitled to a 30-day notice to pay or vacate. The trial court disagreed, so it went to the Division I Court of Appeals. And you have to think of Washington having three divisions. You basically have, oh, I believe it's, uh, well, you get Pierce County north and over to the mountains and over to the ocean. That's Division I. Lewis County, south, uh, to the, the border, right. over to the mountains, that's Division Two. Eastern Washington is Division Three. Division. Got it, okay. So it goes to the Division One Court of Appeals, who basically rules, yes, you have to you have to serve a 30-day payer vacate, which to me isn't what the CARES Act said, but that's how that's this the judge ruled. Right. Ruled it. Um, so effectively, what that has done is if you're a covered property under the CARES Act, you're smart to serve the 30-day notice to pay or vacate instead of a 14-day notice to pay or vacate. Okay. If you're in Division One, you have to do it. Because of the ruling on Division One. Absolutely. On side. Okay. Because we're in Division Two, that ruling is persuasive authority. It is not binding authority. The judge who handles our unlawful detainers is actually not fully in agreement with that ruling. Interesting, okay. Uh, so she will allow a, uh, a 14-day notice to pay or vacate if you have a proper CARES Act notice. The problem is no one knows what that is. Right. So we've been counseling uh, all the attorneys, and there's effectively three of us who are the major attorneys who work in Clark County. We've been counseling our clients to just serve the 30-day notice to pay or vacate because you have to do the offer of reasonable repayment plan. You have to do the ERPP, or the Eviction Resolution Pilot Program notice, and you have to wait for that certificate of compliance to come out of the Dispute Resolution so Center. Give them the 30 days and that's going to take more than 30 days anyhow. So why tempt fate? Right. And why, you know, you might just be creating issues for yourself. Interesting, okay. Well, now we're getting to the point where the offer for reasonable repayment plan by statute ends with any rents that have accrued through April of 2023. So let's say you are a landlord in the state of Washington, your, your tenant was current on rent through April. May rolls around, they don't pay May rent. You only have to serve the pay or vacate notice, 14 or 30, right, you're not depending on a- your CARES Act. Right. Or, and the eviction resolution pilot program notice, right? In that case, you don't have to do the offer of reasonable repayment plan anymore. For anything beyond April. Correct. Yeah. But if you have rents, let's say your tenant owes you for March, April, and you May, need it for that. you would have to serve the it. repayment okay. plan as okay. well. 
Now, the eviction resolution pilot program, by statute, sunsets at the end of June. Interesting. Okay. So that's gone. And uh, I know there's been a question that the, the, the other statutes uh, within 5918 uh, that discuss what you have to do with your notices, there was still there was other language in there that discussed, yeah, you got to give notice to the Dispute Resolution Center. That was supporting 5918-660 uh, that was dealing with the eviction resolution pilot yeah. program. Okay. That's one thing that was actually removed from Senate Bill 5197. So that, that'll be gone. That's gone out of, and that, yeah, so that's going to be gone, All right, which, wow. which is actually something that was good that came out of Senate Bill 5197. Okay. okay? Uh, so the major takeaways are, come July 1st, no one has to do the ERPP or eviction resolution pilot program notices any longer. Through the whole state or just? Throughout the whole state, it's done. Okay, All right. The offer for reasonable repayment plan, like I said, you don't have to do it unless you have rents through April of 2023. Right, okay. Now, that is state law. Is there the possibility that you're gonna have some municipalities or some cities Change in the state that are gonna tweak right. it? Yeah, and that's one of the problems we're having in the state of Washington that, uh, that we're really seeing in the Puget Sound region and Spokane. We're really not seeing it in Clark County. Uh, so that, that is to say that you'll have cities, you, you could have Redmond versus Bellevue versus Seattle versus Tukwila, whatever it may be, they might have different, different notices that also have to go out. Right. So what we need and what we don't have in Washington is state preemption. Something to say to the cities, nope, the state law is the law of the land. Because could you imagine being a landlord that has that it has right. several buildings in the, in those different cities or the counties? Yeah, you and know, your companies don't know. Yeah, it's or, a nightmare. I talk to the attorneys up there. Right. You know, they are constantly pulling their hair out because they're always having to figure out, you know, what set of rules are they playing right. with. Right. So, effectively, where we will be come July. And if you don't have rents accrued through April of 2023 right. in Clark County, we're back to the way it was pre-pandemic, effectively. Okay, Which is your pay or vacate notice, okay. all right? But you're gonna have to determine if you're covered property under the CARES Act. Uh, there is websites out there that'll tell you, but you should know because effect, essentially what a, what a covered property is, is if you've got a Fannie or Freddie back mortgage, right. if you're accepting Section 8, some sort of federal benefits, right? Right. They put uh, you under the, the building under the care. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Then you're going to have to make sure, do the 30-day instead of the 14-payer vacate just to be safe. So right? are you having your people do, as a plan to have them do the 30, if in doubt, do the 30-day? What's kind of your, yeah? That's exactly yeah. what that's exactly what what okay. I'm saying. It's worth it just to give up the extra two weeks, especially when we were waiting for the certificate of right. compliance. Right. Um, it, because otherwise, my concern was always if this eventually gets to our state supreme court, they may rule that nope, it's a 30 day, and then what does that then say about all your prior it. evictions? And uh, you've got problems. Yeah. Um, what shocks me is I was convinced that the state or the state Supreme Court, the Washington State Supreme Court, was going to review that decision because things are being interpreted differently around the state. They denied discretionary review. So everyone's throwing their hands up. How could the state Supreme Court? So even court, though you've got District 1 saying this, District 2 saying this, typically if there's enough activity, well, they go to the Supreme Court. Over Division 2 hasn't said anything. It's okay. just local courts uh, might be it, doing things. Uh, we have it, local okay. courts in the state right. doing things differently, right? right? Um, so we need some sort of, hey, what exactly is going on? Wow. But the state Supreme Court, in essentially a one-line <laughs> denial, basically said, we're not looking at it. Done. Here's what we're looking at across wow. the country. Okay. Uh, there was a court in Colorado that said, you know what? This stuff doesn't apply because the CARES Act is dead now. Right, it's over. And we know, and we know that 
President Biden just his his declaration of emergency is, is gone, or a state of emergency right. is gone. Well, all of this is connected to that. To that. So why right. is the CARES Act even even an issue any longer? But it is because of legislative drafting. Right. Um, I still look at it and wonder where does it say that this is permanent? The whole title of it is temporary moratorium on evictions. So with the CARES Act gone, and we have different. Le so from an, an owner standpoint, our clients coming in. I mean, definitely you need to get legal counsel when you're dealing with this stuff. It's going to depend on what region or what county you're in within the state correct. of Washington. Correct. And, yeah. Correct. And, ha and how the, uh, you know, the individual judges are handling things and how the um, are standing orders, because we have standing orders uh, in, in each county that was required to basically spell out, here's how the process is right. going to work okay. in this county. Okay? And is there legislation in the works in Olympia? That's going to try to normalize this, or is it still not? Not right not now. Really not right now. And, and and I think one of the reasons why you're going to see that, not to get on my political soapbox uh, too much, that's right. Much like Oregon uh, in the Portland uh, metro area, our politics in Washington are driven by the Puget Sound region. Right. Right. Uh, and so you have people who don't want to give to give these sorts of things up because it's adding to tenant protections. Right. Right. Because to a lot of these people, landlords are evil people, and they're they've got the monocle, and right, you know. Right. Uh, and, and, and whatnot, which brings me also to something that changed in the 2021 session that we're seeing an impact of, uh, and, and it could be a good thing, but there is right to counsel for low-income tenants. Right. It used to be we didn't have that, and I can understand why that's been put in place, because there was a lot of tenants who came into an eviction case. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know if they had defenses, so they wouldn't show up. Uh, they, uh, so now you have right to counsel. So now if they qualify, they have right to counsel. Um, and in Clark County, I see that, it, it's, I think it's been... It's been a decent thing okay. uh, because we have our local housing justice project, and they can be good attorneys to work with. Okay. We can hammer out deals. They get rental assistance. We may agree, hey, back rent gets paid. In the next three months get paid. Uh, you know, those sorts of things, uh, and everybody's happy. Uh, what I understand coming out of the Seattle area is they have what well, we have. What's called Northwest Justice Project out of the Seattle area. Um, they they can be. Aggressive or uh, in their tenant in their tenant representation, uh, and we do have a couple of them too that I deal with regularly down in Clark County, um, who can be more who can be somewhat aggressive, but have good working relationship oh, okay. with them. Got it. Okay. Um, the other thing we're seeing now is the King County Bar Association Housing Justice Project. They have put together a post-writ team. So this means after we have our writ of restitution and a lockout scheduled, they try to then get involved at that point and unwind everything that's happened. After the, okay. all the process has gone through. Yep. But that's in, but before that's the sheriff in gets there. King County. No, I've for now. Seen, no, they are spreading out throughout the state. Oh, boy, okay. I, I've had them get involved in a number of cases after we had a judgment and a writ in Clark County. I know they've opened a, a satellite office in Spokane. So how do the judges like that? I mean, what... It's, it, I haven't I haven't spoken to the judge about the, any of our judges about it, uh, so I I can't really say how they feel about it. Uh, you know, I mean, I think most judges are going to say, well, if there is a legal argument here, I'm going to listen to the legal argument as a judge should, right? Right. Uh, but we've gone through all the process, and then all of a sudden, yeah. I mean, I don't know what any personal feelings uh, okay. may be. Um, for me, I I would feel it's inappropriate to discuss that with them, right? right. Because it's uh, we're on different sides of the right. different right. sides of the no, argument. I understand. I was just it's yeah. Uh, so there was, a, there was a couple other uh, little changes, the type of thing that we are seeing uh, in the state of Washington. For instance, after, on a non-payment case, and most of our, our, Stuff our is issues are, is, is dealing right. with non-payment. Right. Your other ones, 10 days, comply and vacate, those sorts of things right. are pretty, pretty standard. Uh, but it used to be that 
If a judgment, or if an unlawful detainer for non-payment is filed, we had 5918.410. And what 5918.410 basically said is, hey, up until the, basically the moment of the hearing, if a tenant can pay off the rent as owed, plus court cost, but not attorney fees. Court cost. Correct. So a filing fee, process right. server fee, and pay what's owed restores the tenancy. Okay. Okay. After, up to the day of court. Correct. Basically up to right before the judgment's entered. Okay. Uh, and then there was, a, there was another subsection of 410 uh, that stated that uh, after a judgment is entered, a tenant, a tenant has five court days in which to pay off the amount of judgment. Okay. And then that would be, um, uh, that would restore the tenancy. Uh, that's been amended in the most recent session. That still says five court days, but it says, but if a tenant is able to come up with some sort of financial assistance from a government, from government or a nonprofit entity, then they get up until the moment of the lockout, essentially, right? Do they got to show proof that they're in the queue on that? Yeah, they have to have a pledge. Okay. And if they get it before the sheriff comes out and physically removes them, then it then it, re then it restores the tenancy. And does the pledge have to be for the full amount? It would have to be, it has to be for the basically the amount of the judgment, and if you bleed over into another uh, another month, for that month as well. I got it's it, okay. Everything that's due up until okay. that point. So that's something that, that's new. It also would include a $75, day, $75 late fee. In the state of Washington, a judge and an unlawful detainer cannot award any more than $75 in a late, late fee, fee in totality. Completely. Correct. It, okay. Doesn't mean the tenant doesn't owe it to you, and you can go get it through other means, security deposit. It, um, right, collections, but that's it, whatever. Judgment. Correct, correct. So, so th those are some important changes because we're seeing a lot okay. of that sort of stuff. The other thing is, uh, if a tenant before the court hearing had a uh, a pledge of financial assistance, they would get a seven court day delay. And the plaintiff would have to delay it seven court days, which is a two week continuance, right? Because we're talking about court days, right, not, not, not right. calendar days. Right. That's being changed uh, to fourteen days, which is basically going to give a three weeks. Going to give three weeks with a pledge if they have the pledge of financial assistance, it. and then it's a question of uh, of what the pledge is. Right. Um, and so there, you know, there's some changes along those lines uh, that, that that's going to be pretty important. There's been some changes for how you have to handle uh, the uh, uh, your accounting for damages after a tenant vacates. Okay. The amount of time you have is going from 21 days to 30 days, but you're going to have to put a lot more information in. Uh, so for, it's the, for the final accounting. Correct. So you're going to have to talk to your attorney about what needs to go on. Right. So there's there, there's other changes like that, which is why it's really important to make sure you have an attorney who's really dialed in on this right. stuff and not someone who tries to practice landlord tenant uh, on, a, on a whim because it's you can't take a flyer on this stuff. You have right. to know what's going on. You have to stay up on it because it's constantly changing. And the other thing we always tell everybody is you got to make sure you've got updated forms. I mean, you've got, Absolutely. I mean, if you're not using the most recent, I mean, you're maybe some change in the statute, it's just going to get you in trouble. So, yep, I can't tell you the number of times I've had clients come in, normally mom and pops, yep. uh, who will say, hey, look, I've done a great job. I didn't need you to do my notices, and I got the certificate of compliance out of the dispute resolution center. Will you file the eviction for me? And I look at them and say, I can't. can't do it. You've used the wrong form. The DRC doesn't look at these other ones, they're just handling the mediation if the, if the, Tenant right. wants to engage. Wow. So yeah, very important that a landlord, uh, you know, has a good attorney, knows the law. This is a business; it needs to be treated like a right. business. Uh, and the one thing I've always tell a lot of the mom and pops is, be friendly with your tenants, but don't be friends with them. Because exactly. a lot of times they're going to walk all over you if you give them the opportunity. Uh, that's a good. That's a good piece of advice. Thing. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to kind of enlighten. I think the big thing for owners, especially with Clark County, is there are different laws in different states and even in different, you know. 
judicial jurisdictions in the state of Washington that you need to get good representation, which, you know, you're very well versed in. I want to thank you, too, for all the advocacy work you're doing and trying to get some, I don't want to say normalization, but more, you know, clear direction. Because I think when we talk to management companies and owners, we may not agree with everything, but it's the constant changing in the things that, you know, it's without set to set part of rules, it's really tough to manage. Yeah. And so it puts a lot of lot of onus on the owners and management company. So thank you for everything you're doing down in Olympia. Our entire office specializes in multifamily real estate, making HFO the largest multifamily brokerage in the Pacific Northwest. Your success is our passion. Build your legacy with HFO. Call 503-241-5541 or visit our website at hfore.com for more information. HFO is an affiliate of the Global Real Estate Advisor Network.